Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 50. I'm your host, Chris Morris. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. We are less than 30 days away from the start of the NHL regular season. That's right. It's slowly moving one day at a time. We're getting there. The leaves are going to slowly start changing. The air is getting cold. Pumpkin spice is here. The Dallas Cowboys have a losing record. All signs that fall is arriving, which means the NHL season arrives, which means a lot of us can go back to doing the thing that we love, which is watching hockey. I'm excited about it because there's no other sport like hockey that just warms the inside of my soul. Nothing. I enjoy baseball. I enjoy football. But those are just, you know, they're just the side stuff until the NHL season gets rolling. Even if this ends up being a difficult year for the Montreal Canadiens, it doesn't matter. The start of the NHL season, the start of the Habs quest to at least finish last this year, I am okay with that, starts in less than 30 days. So thank you for hanging out with me once again. Got a jam-packed episode today. We're going to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. Their new captain, Nick Suzuki. That's right. If you've been living under a rock, you have no idea what's going on. Nick Suzuki has been named the youngest captain in Montreal Canadiens history. He's picking up the torch from Shea Weber. Uh, it's going to be uh, quite exciting. I like it. We're going to break into that. Before we get into Nick and his new role on the team, uh, just quickly going to turn to the Winnipeg Jets. So, again, if you're unaware of what's going on. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets have decided to strip Blake Wheeler of his captaincy, and they have decided that they are going to go without a captain for this season. Um, that's a that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, different. Here's how it is. So the team is calling it a change in leadership. And honestly, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, right. If you cover a turd in chocolate, it's still a turd. Uh, and when you take away a captaincy from a player, it is not a promotion. It is a demotion. So uh, they have said that they will have no captain, but rather a group of assistants, which are still left to be determined. And it's basically going to be a leadership by committee. You know, um, cool. Right. They did tweet about it, the Jets PR, right? Just, you know, it's uh, the quote here. It's our great. It's our goal to expand the leadership base within our hockey team. We have high expectations for our core players, and we want to provide them with the opportunity to s- step into those greater leadership roles as a group. Now, I would feel a lot like, look, this is not the first time a captain has been stripped of, you know, his C, and usually they give to somebody else, right? The one that comes to mind. Um, right off the edge is when Dustin Brown, his C was taken away. They gave it to Anze Kopitar. Like, that's fine. You know, if you want to make a captain change, there's no problem with that. Teams have the right to do it. You know, it's a tough situation all around, no matter what. But, you know, calling, going, taking a C away and then giving it to absolutely nobody else kind of, kind of, you know, kind of doesn't sit well. That's it. Look. If you would have named somebody else, I would have been fine with that. But going without a captain, 
right? And just a bunch of assistants, right? That like leadership by committee for a hockey team doesn't work. I don't believe a team should ever start a year without a captain. I don't. I don't think that's look, it's it just there's I don't know many teams that have won a Stanley Cup without a captain. I, 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 I don't know any, right? When they win the Stanley Cup, they hand it off. Gary hands it to the captain of the team. So not having one usually doesn't sit well, kind of means your team's not in a position. Now, Blake Wheeler is 36. He's got one year left on his deal after this season. You know, the changing of the guard is probably going to happen at some point. So maybe you want to get a head start of that. Rick Bonus is in town. Maybe he wants to pick his own captain. All those things are fine with me. Right. But you haven't named any assistants either. Right. And when there's too many cooks in a kitchen, right, that, that doesn't usually lead to a lot of success. Right. Um, interesting here as well. Mark Scheifling didn't get named as a captain. Um, right. There's a lot of question marks around his status with the team. Pierre Luc Dubois is in the final year of his deal. The expectation is, is that he doesn't want to stay in Winnipeg. Uh, Kyle Connors, Nikolai Ehlers, those are probably the two players who come to mind as possibly be the next captain of this team um all in all this doesn't look good like again you could say what you wanted about it but a leader for a team is necessary and going without one just poses a whole bunch of problems right like the, when there's too many voices you don't have one person to turn to it's it's going to cause a problem okay no matter what right a committee of things just doesn't it doesn't work. There are lots of things in life that you need a leader for, right? It's just it's just one of those things. And a hockey team that doesn't have a captain, or at least in this case, when you strip a player of his captaincy and then you don't give it to anybody else, it doesn't it doesn't make it better, right? And like for the Winnipeg Jets, first of all, they're in a really tough division. Right. I, I think the central division is quite tough with the exception of the Chicago Blackhawks, the Arizona Coyotes. Obviously, they're not a really they're not teams that were going to compete anyway. The Colorado Avalanche are defending Stanley Cup champions. The Minnesota Wild, I think, are still a good team. Dallas is a good team. The Predators can be a good team. The St. Louis Blues as well. So you got a lot going on for a team that also didn't make the playoffs last season. Right. So taking away a captain and having all that uncertainty, you know, kind of stick with this team's kind of not. Not great. Not something you want, right? You need a leader. They don't have one. I don't think this is going to be a very good year for the Winnipeg Jets. It's unfortunate, right, for Blake Wheeler. Nobody ever likes to have their responsibilities changed, even though he came out and said it's changed nothing. I'm still going to be a leader, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Cool. But you got a lot of people now who are going to be leaders, right? And too much of something sometimes isn't a good thing. And I don't really like this for them. I don't think this is good. I don't like it for, you know, Wheeler himself. I don't like it for the the team. I don't like it for the franchise. Every team should like start the year with a captain. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. There's a whole bunch. Every team has great players. Pick one to lead the way. You have them, right? The Winnipeg Jets have players who could lead, right? So give it to one of them. And say, hey, this is yours. Whether it's Kyle Connors or Nikolai Ehlers or somebody else, give it to them and say, hey, you guys are probably going to be here for a minute, hopefully, right? In the case of Ehlers, he's still got two years after this year, right? Kyle Connors got three more after this season. So this guy, barring any, you know, craziness, those two will still be here. You can give them a C and say, hey, let's, you know, 
Let's roll with this. But not having a captain just doesn't scream stability for a team and a franchise when the inevitable when they struggle, right? Every team has their ups and downs during a season. When they struggle, it's going to be hard for one voice to kind of come up and and do something and try to lead the way into it, right? You can call it whatever you want for somebody to step up and take that role. You can sugarcoat it however you want, right? But a leadership by committee strategy, in my mind, just doesn't work. It doesn't it doesn't exist. It should not exist. And again, right? Imagine a situation. Imagine if you had like in a restaurant. Imagine if you had no head chef, but you had just a bunch of sous chefs trying to run the thing. It, it, it wouldn't work, right? It wouldn't work. Or if you didn't have a direct supervisor, but you had a whole bunch of assistants instead. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So I don't know why they didn't name a replacement for Blake Wheeler. Either they don't have one, right? They don't think anybody on that team can earn it or has earned it yet. Or they just want to cause more problems on their team, which I think it's the latter, unfortunately. Uh, so good luck, Jets fans. Uh, this is going to suck. So that's one captain who's losing his C, right? Let's talk about a player who's gaining his seat, right? Nick Suzuki. Off the bat, I think this is a great choice. Great choice. It is mind-boggling to me that Suzuki becomes the youngest captain in Montreal Canadiens history. Like, has been around like 100 years, right? 23 years old, Nick Suzuki, and he becomes captain. Is it too young? I don't think so. Right? There are lots of young players who became captains who went on to have great careers, right? Steve Eiserman of the Detroit Red Wings, right? I think he was, what, 19? Same thing with Gabriel Landeskog, right? Remember him? Captain of the Colorado Avalanche. He got it as well. He was pretty young. Now, I'm not saying Nick Suzuki is going to be any of those two, but he's definitely earned the opportunity to lead this franchise. And obviously with, you know, the expectation of being captain and whatnot, like that adds an extra pressure to a kid. Does he deserve it? Look, he's got his long-term deal. He's by far one of their best players on the team. He can play both sides of the ice. Like, there's not many other players I would have chosen over him, right? Like, I think Brendan Gallagher and Joel Edmondson as the assistants is good, right? Gallagher's been a Montreal Canadian for a very long time, right? He's no longer the player he once was, but he can bring a leadership role to the team. The same thing with Joel Edmondson. I think those are good veteran players that Suzuki can rely on. Because to be honest, he's going to have to. Right. Being the captain of the Montreal Canadiens is a tremendous responsibility. It's an honor, of course, like he said, but it's a tremendous responsibility and it can be very unforgiving at times. Right. Just ask Max, ask Max Pacioretty, ask Saku Koivu, ask even, you know, Shea Weber. It's it can be very unforgiving at times. So. At 23, I think it's a task. Right. And I think he's still going to grow into that role. Right. Because let's face it, like Ed Edmondson comes out and says, oh, we expect to, you know, make the playoffs. Good for you, bud. You know, I also expect, you know, that maybe one day I'll go to the moon. But hey, it's good to dream. Right. It's good to dream. This could end up being another difficult season for the Montreal Canadiens. Right. We there's very little chance that Carey Price ever plays another game in the NHL. It sucks. Right. My heart goes out to him. One of the greatest Montreal Canadiens player ever ever in my mind. He's only 35, but those knees, man, just can't keep up. 
right? He's going to start the year on long-term injury reserve. I don't see him ever coming back. I mean, again, it sucks to be that close to the Stanley Cup and not win it, right? Because to me, Kerry's done everything that the city has asked for and more, right? It's been unforgiving to him at times, and he has done nothing but been been elite in his career, right? And he's taken a boatload of shit from people, right? Like he's the winningest goalie in franchise history. To me, he's a Hall of Famer, right? And I'll fight you to it if you want. But he has won at every level but the Stanley Cup, and that is not his fault, right? He has been on some really poor teams. Like I was reading a stat that like he's he's had one 80-point player on the team in his entire career, and the Colorado Avalanche, who just won the Stanley Cup, had four 80-point 80 point plus players on their team this year. So Carey's not been given much support in his career up front. And yet he has put up great career numbers and all he's missing is a Stanley Cup. I think he's on the same level as Roberto Luongo, who will one day as well uh, be a Hall of Famer. So again, the side note on Carey there, all this leading back to if it's a difficult season, right? You're going to turn to your leader for some help and some motivation and to kind of pull this team. And that's a lot to ask a 23 year old kid, right? It's that it's, it's a lot. And I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying that he's going to need the leaders around him to at least support him a little bit. Right? Because again, this city could be very unforgiving to players, right? And Suzuki will want to do as much as he can to help this team, but he can't do it alone, especially not on a team that's not projected to do very well, right? Like there are lots of holes in this lineup still. Um, I, I want to say that he's going to have success, but I feel like there's going to be growing pains to start, right? And... To me, I think it's nice to see that they gave it to him because my first thought was when they named it was, wow, they actually gave it to him because I, I was kind of thinking back and being like, imagine if like Mark Bergevin was still in charge of this team, right? With Claude Julian as a coach or whatever other former coach, you know, I don't feel like they would have given it to Suzuki ever. I, I would have felt like they would have chosen a veteran player, right? Kind of like, you know, they chose Shea Weber. Nothing that they're not that there's anything wrong with Shea Weber being the leader, right? It's perfectly a fine call with me. Um, but I feel like they would have gone with something different. So this management group obviously looked at Nick and said, hey, he can he can do this. Or at least their thought is that he can. And that's the only thing that's important to me. It's a different, right? All three of Jeff Gordon, uh, Marty St. Louis in their position, along with Ken Hughes, they all believe that he can excel at this. And I believe that he can too. But he's going to need some help, at least at the beginning, because, again, this team is not very good. Um, so guys like Gallagher and Edmondson to kind of support and rely, which is why I think they are like as much as Nick Suzuki being named captain was is important. Right. A, as I've mentioned, it's important for a team to have a captain, but your assistance as well to be able to pick up some of that slack or help out when times get tough. Right. You could have a lot of, quote unquote, leaders in the room, but, you know, those are the guys you're going to turn to for, for some inspiration. Right. And again, I want him to do well. I want the Montreal Canadiens to do well. I want him to do well. 
right? There's a lot riding on his shoulders on this. Specifically the fact, as always, as is with everything that happens in Montreal, the question of whether he will learn to speak French or not, right? It didn't take all of an hour before the question was asked, you know, if he's going to learn French. And this is, look, this doesn't surprise anybody, right? If you're a fan of the team, you know, this has happened for for many, many years. And the criticism was always about Sakukoi when his tenor here. I mean, he didn't speak French to the media at all. Didn't make a real effort to learn it either. And to be honest, I don't really care, right? Like we've gone through Saku. We've gone through Brian Gionta as captain as well. Remember him? Uh, Max Pacioretty, right? Captain as well. Uh, Shea Weber. None of these players spoke French, right? And I don't care whether they do or not. Again, I don't care if my head coach speaks French. I don't care if my general manager, the owners. I don't care if they speak French. I just want them to win. And most fans agree with this. But there's always those select few that feel that this is important, that we need a French-speaking player to be captain of this team. To start with, there are not many French-speaking players on the team. So, unless you're giving it to Michael Matheson or David Savard, you know, Take your shit and get out of here, right? You're not going to give it to them. They are not players who speak French, and I'm not worried about Nick Suzuki learning it. I don't care. I don't need him to spend all his off time trying to acquire the French knowledge and speak a la Paul Byron does. Paul Byron speaks good French, right? We've heard Paul Byron speak it. You know, it's got its holes, but he can find I'm not worried about the kids speaking French, and I don't think anybody else should be worrying about it either. I don't want him to have to worry about also speaking the language. A, French is an extremely hard language to learn. Anybody will tell you that. If you speak French, you know that. Okay. If you have learned French, you also know that. It is a very difficult language to learn. So the last thing I want is this kid worrying about his play on the ice and everything that comes with being captain of this team, the media, the talking, the blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, can I speak French to the RDS and TVS ball reporters? Like, I don't care. I don't care. And nobody else should be caring either. Leave the kid alone to start with this. Do not worry about whether he takes classes to learn. I want Nick to focus on two things. A, his play on the ice. Right. Everything he does in and around it. Right. The off ice work that he does, everything to help him prepare for the game that and B. Just do whatever you want with your off time, literally disconnect from hockey, do anything else in the same way that you and I, regular people, when we leave work, our goal, disconnect, do something completely different, hang out, relax, do whatever you want. I don't want him finishing all the stuff that he has to do in hockey, you know. The working out, the practices, the watching film, playing the game. And then, oh, by the way, I have to go home and I have to learn French for a couple of hours. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't need that. I want him to disconnect and do things that he enjoys and that are fun. I don't know. Maybe he likes to golf. I know he's got a cat. You can fall. And then was it Miko? I think. I know the cat's got an Instagram page. I know that. So you can follow the cat on Instagram. I don't have it here. But you can do that. But like, let him do what he wants to do outside of the ice. Would I rather him spend, let's say, an extra hour if he wants, I don't know, playing video games or going out to a restaurant or, 
I don't know, whatever else he wants to do, even if it's like hockey related, spend an extra hour watching film or an extra hour in the weight room or something or working on his physical instead of having to learn French. Just like, just say bonjour, ça va bien, merci, and then just move on. That's it. Right? I don't need him to have full-blown conversations with media in French. Like, if the kid's here long enough, he's going to learn stuff. He knows that. I know that. The whole world knows that. Will his French ever be as good as other players who are born here? No. And honestly, we should not expect him to be that good. Right? I don't want him, you know, dealing with that kind of crap. Because I'm telling you, man, this city is like, he's a young kid and this city is going to try to eat him alive at times. It is an unforgiving city when you struggle. We all know this. The only exception of this year is that we know that Connor Bedard is going to go first overall and he could be a generational player in the same way that Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby was. So you finish last, you have a chance of picking up that kind of player. So, you know, not many fans are going to cry. I mean, we've, again, the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks already got a foot in that direction. The Philadelphia Flyers are going to follow them, and I expect Montreal Canadiens to be close right behind them. So those, to me, are the four teams that are going to be in the Connor Bedard race. But that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, you have to wake up every day and, you know, listen to the radio and hear them talk about you and listen, you know, or I don't know, read the paper, read about you and your struggles. And oh, by the way, he doesn't speak French. Like, you know, some stupid idiot journalist is going to bring it up just because they have to. They have nothing else to do. It's a slow day. They're going to bring it up. And that's just the stuff that a kid doesn't need. Especially when you're given into this role now of having to lead the whole franchise. I know that he knows that he can do it, right? Lead this team and be successful and everything. And management 100% believes him because they gave it to him. Or at least they asked him, do you want it? It was kind of interesting listening to him talk about it. You know, how, you know, he doesn't, you know, you would never turn down this opportunity. Now he spoke to Shea Weber about it before. You know, the kid does his research and he's good at what he does, right? I still think at 23 that he has an opportunity to grow into the player that he wants to become. But saddling him with pressure is probably not going to help, right? He's played three full seasons in the NHL now, right? Three full seasons. This is going to be his fourth. Could he be a 75-plus point guy in the NHL? Probably. I think he can. I think he can pop about 25 goals, 50 assists, right? Playing with the right type of guys, right? We know that he has skill. I don't think that will shock anybody, right? I think he's more than capable of doing what he needs to do. But saddling the kid with all this pressure is just not going to help him, especially when it comes to speaking French. Like, it's like I was just waiting for it to to come up because you knew it was at some point, you know, you could, you know, I was watching the press conference going, okay, when, when are they going to ask? Like, when are we going to get to that point? And of course they did. And I can't think of a reason why anybody would care. It's not about, you know, the connection with fans and whatnot. I mean, it doesn't, fans don't care. And the ones that do have their priorities in the wrong place. Like this team wouldn't be better with more French speaking players. 
It's just harder for them. It's harder for them to play in this market. If you want the reminder of it, look at Jonathan Drouin, and then you have all the answers that you need. Right? I'm not saying that he's had his difficulties just because he's playing here, but I would say that it's definitely contributed to what he's been going through in the last, I don't know, 12 to 18 months probably. So the last thing Nick Suzuki needs is all that pressure from all those people who are worried about what language he speaks and having to worry about his team being able to score goals, play defense, keep the puck out of their own net, and possibly compete for a playoff spot. That's a lot to ask for a 23-year-old kid, especially when your best winger is Cole Caulfield, who, by the way, is only 21, and your Slikovsky is 18. Like, just to put it into perspective of how challenging it can be in the city, like, Slikovsky was at the, like, the rookies tournament or whatnot that's going on in Buffalo, right? Game one. And already the criticism of who he is and, you know, he's holding on to the puck too long. Everybody's worried because he's put on some weight in the offseason. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there going, like, the kid hasn't even played a game yet. You know? Hasn't played a game yet. And everybody's already worrying about, like, he's 18 years old. And they're already worried about what he can't do. And letting him grow into what he is. Like if you put on weight of the offseason, it's probably because the team said, hey, you could probably fill out a little bit, which is not unusual for a kid who's 18. He's 6'4". So even if he puts on a little bit of mustard, right? He did a lot of good things. And you can see that he's a young player still trying to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how this goes. Not everybody wakes up and just is Connor McDavid, right? <laughs> Some players grow into what they need to do. So. Like, I expect it to be hard for all these players next year in a Habs uniform, right? And some guys are going to, should, you know, expect more from other players than the kids, right? Like, I want to see Josh Anderson be good, right? I want to see Christian Dvorak. Remember him? I want to see Dvorak be a whole lot better than his 11 goals in 56 games last year, which, by the way, a career low. So I want people to worry about those players, right? Mike Hoffman, remember him? Right? I mean, if you watched him play last season, it was it was it was tough. He was pretty bad at times. Right? Pretty, pretty bad. I want people to worry about those guys and what they bring to the table. Right? That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about what language Nick Suzuki is going to talk to the media, and everybody gets it. And again, if your expectation for him is to be fluent, I mean, you have missed the boat. He's not. And I don't care. All I need him to say is merci. And even that, I don't care. We are like, we're slowly moving away from having to give a shit about what, you know, if a player in Montreal can speak French or not. We're slowly getting there. Or at least I would have moved on from that a long time ago. Same thing. My general manager, my coach, my players, I don't care. I just want the, I want the best person who can win. In the same way that I want Nick Suzuki to lead this team, because I do feel that he is the best player on this team, all things considered. Everything's a good two-way player, right? Like people thought for years that Philip Deneau was could end up being Patrice Bergeron, or a close to what that is, right? Like to me, Patrice Bergeron, one of the best two-way players in the NHL ever. He is elite at what he does. The the Selkie Trophy should just be named after him at this point. Right. That's 
that's what you're, you know, you, like every coach would want to have multiple Patrice Bergeron's on their team, right? And it's the same thing with Anze Kopitar. You know, great two-way player. To me in the league, those are two really good, solid players who play in every aspect possible. They're good in their own zone. They're good in the offensive zone. They can play the power play. They can play the penalty kill. They can do a whole bunch of things. They're the most, you know, you want a complete player who can do everything. And Nick Suzuki is as close to it as possible right now. And he's still learning. He's 23. He's To me, I don't even think he's entered his prime. I think a player's prime is 24 to 29 about. I think he's he's still a kid and he's going to play, I assume, I hope so, with Cole Caulfield and maybe Slikowski joins him on the other side. You know, that's like think about those being, you know, those, those are kids. Those are kids playing together. Kids, you're going to have growing pains. They're going to be kids. They're kids playing in the greatest league in the world. They're going to have a tough time developing at some point. But you got to give them the support. You got to live with the mistakes that they're going to make. You got to live with the fact that it's not going to be unicorns and butterflies every time. And like I said, if if I had the choice for Nick between an extra hour of conjugating verbs in French or, hey, why don't we sit down on film and watch, you know, the last game and see how this happens? I know they already do that, but, you know, I don't want to saddle this kid with having all the responsibilities of, you know, becoming a better player and wanting to be better and doing all that. And by the way, making sure that he has to learn French in his off time, like let him some players just, you know, they disconnect from the game when they go home and I don't know whatever they want to do, do something different. Don't go home and also have to worry about, you know, opening up a, I don't know, a Becherel so you can learn verbs and stuff. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need it. And we should not be encouraging it on him. Give the kid some space. Let him grow into it. He's going to learn French by being in the city, okay? I promise you, right? Just like I don't think Sakukoi was a terrible captain, whether he spoke a word of French or not. Maybe he just wasn't comfortable and didn't want to, and that's fine too, by the way. I know that Nick knows that it's important to the fans and all that stuff and whatnot to the select few, and he's going to be able to say a couple of things here and there, and that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. We don't have to worry about this. I think it's going to be okay. We just leave the kid alone. Let him grow into this. Everything's going to be fine. He's going to need to lean. I I think he's got the perfect coach in Marty St. Louis to lead on. You know, Nick's not a huge guy. St. Louis wasn't. St. Louis was a captain as well of his team. Like there's a lot that he can lean on and learn from. And especially, like I said, the guys around him, Gallagher and Edmondson, guys who you know, been in the league a minute. They can hold their own. They can take some of that off. I think this whole group is good, but I think Nick Suzuki was the right call. He deserved it. He's earned it. Now I want to see him do the best. And we need to sit there, support him, and not run him through the, you know, the ringer the minute it starts to get difficult because it's going to get difficult this year. It's like strap in, boys and ladies and girls. It's It's going to be tough. So let's not shit on him just yet. Those are my thoughts on Nick Suzuki. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is this week's podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so. You can follow it on Spotify. You can follow it on Apple Podcasts. It is on Podbean. It is on Stitcher. Make sure you go over to the YouTube channel as well. Hit the sub button, ring the bell. 
leave a rating for the podcast. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, make sure you do so at FuzzyChris91. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Okay. Make sure you go ahead and do that. Again, we are moving closer to the start of the NHL season. I'm excited. I know it's coming. I, I, I can't wait, man. Like I said, I'm excited for it. We're almost there. We're getting there. As always, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, and we will talk again soon.